Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Sal's winning weekend was a few nights before Christmas, and we're getting ready to bet on some football, right? Yeah. I knew I was right. Not bad last week. I went 8-5-2. and two. I petitioned the league. There's nothing I could do about the two ties. Let's keep the winning going. Hey, we're already winners this week. Former NFL MVP and CBS analyst Boomer Esiason is joining us, plus another MVP, our most voluptuous player. My buddy Harry Gagnon is in the handicapper hot seat. We're going to break down all the week 16 games. We're going to find out if he remembered to buy his wife a gift. The answer almost certainly is no. And since I'm in the holiday spirit later on, I'll be giving out some gifts to NFL players and personalities. But before any of that, let's talk about last night's Saints Rams thriller in the segment that still has an outside chance of winning the NFC South. It's cover four. All right, the Rams beat the Saints 30-22 last night. There's a graphic for you if you don't believe me. I didn't end up going to the game despite the fact that the matchup took place a few miles down the road for me. I figured 170 bucks is just too much when you're trying to save up to buy your favorite little believing brat a Nintendo Switch. And that $170 I speak of doesn't even get you into the game. It gets you in the pink section of the SoFi parking lot. There it is. $170. To be fair, you don't have have to pay that much. People who live 50 to 60 blocks away offer sweet deals for about half the price. So here are your choices. Park far away and potentially never see your car again, or park close in the lot and potentially never see your family again. And then the Rams wonder why they have trouble loading the stadium with L.A. residents. It's not going to change, not until they stop forcing locals to pay more to protect their car than the Saints do to protect theirs. A defensive unit without Jair Alexander this afternoon. Carr taken down on third down. Coming to. Speaking of Derek Carr, last week there was a report on the items the Saints quarterback gifted his teammates for the holidays. Check this out. There it is. Rolexes, diamond chains, grills with a chest of steaks. That's a real thing. Now, you can look at this two ways, right? On the one hand, Derek Carr is very generous. On the other hand, the Saints are paying Derek Carr way too much. I mean, the GM has to be scratching his head, right? Think about it. If your barber bought you a brand new espresso machine, you might rethink how much you're paying him to cut your hair. And while I'm sure his teammates appreciate it, this puts a lot of added pressure on Derek Carr at home. Think about it. If you get your receiver's diamond change, your wife is going to be none too pleased when she unwraps a stylish yet practical silk scarf. Spoiler, that's what my wife is getting. And not only that, but it puts even more pressure on the league's other starting quarterbacks. Tommy DeVito had better think twice about gifting chicken cutlets to his offensive line. 
after hearing tale of Derek Carr's generosity, unless those panko-crusted cutlets are also diamond-crusted, that's gonna be a big old bah humbug. Look, I'm all for being generous, especially when you're putting your life in these guys' hands. It's the same reason why whenever I depart an airplane, I hand the pilot a deep tissue massage gun. So far, I've only been stopped by air marshals four times. Cover three. All right, I have to be honest. I couldn't really enjoy watching that Rams-Saints game, mainly because my nine-year-old was screaming for three straight hours that he wasn't getting enough fantasy points from Cooper Cup, but also because this exact matchup brought back horrible gambling memories for yours truly. I'll take you back to January 20th, 2019. I had a sizable amount on New Orleans to win the NFC Championship. I don't want to put an exact figure on it, but let's just say if I had won, they probably would have named Fat Tuesday after me. They probably should anyway. Okay, so the Saints are on their way to score the go-ahead touchdown late in the game, and then this happened. Quick snap. Breeze. Pass is incomplete. No flag. At least I thought it happened. Nickel Roby Coleman's brutal hit on Tommy Lee Lewis. I don't even know if these guys are playing, but this guy and his crew didn't think it happened at all. That's Bill Vinovich. I'll be giving out his cell number later in the show, and those are calls he won't be able to ignore. Anyway, let's look at this ignored, aggravated assault one more time. Crowd's going crazy as there's no flag. It's known as the NOLA no-call, or as my family calls it, the no-call dad for three weeks while he melts down. It was one of my worst bed aches ever, and now, almost a half decade later, I've had some time to think about it. And look, for the most part, I'm usually on the referee's side. It's a tough game. Everything's coming at them fast, especially for 75-year-old men who moonlight as commercial realtors. But how about this? How about officials follow this one rule that everyone can get behind? If you see a play that resembles something you'd witness in the Roman Colosseum or a finishing move from Roman Reigns himself feel free to go ahead and reach for one of those plastic yellow strips in your pocket. Sour grapes? Maybe. But unlikely if Draymond Green himself is laughing at how egregious that no-call was. Thanks, Dre. (laughs) Hey, when the NBA is done with you, there's always a spot for you in the Rams' secondary. Cover four! All right, last night watching the game, I couldn't help but notice something was missing, and I'm not just talking about Rams jerseys amongst the SoFi crowd. After they showed the Rams' sideline, it hit me. Where is the get-back guy? Remember that dude from a few seasons ago? His name is Ted Rath, and he had the very important job of making sure an overly excited Sean McVay didn't run on the field. Here's Rath in action. He actually got paid for this. We haven't seen him in about four years, so I did some digging to find out he has moved on from wrangling over-eager coaches and is now the vice president of player performance for the Philadelphia Eagles. Who knows what this means? Player performance? Is he in charge of the rookie skits? Or maybe he oversees this year's a Philly special Christmas special. Pretty pencils to write. All right, that's enough of that. But the weird thing is, the get-back guy is now part of the Eagles organization. The Philadelphia Eagles, the one team that actually needed a get-back guy this year. Specifically, a few weeks ago, when a guy by the name of the Big Dom got loose and went red nose-to-nose with a player. That does it. I'm starting a campaign right now for the Rams to get back the get-back guy. And I don't want to hear that it's a money issue. You sign guys like Aaron Donald for millions. Those players come and go. They're a dime a dozen. Playoffs or not, the get-back guy needs to be the number one priority for the Rams this offseason. We need him restraining Sean McVay and also making sure he isn't exposing his nipples on HBO. Merry Christmas, ladies, and producer Joel Solomon. All right, that does it for Cover 4. 
Now it's time for my irrationally angry attempt to make rational sense of a somewhat irrational bet. It's Wager Rager. All right, Christmas is just a few days away, which means two things. One, you don't have enough AA batteries. Go get more or start borrowing from the smoke detectors now. And two, get ready because every run-of-the-mill sports talk show is going to do that lame, predictable bit where they offer what they think are amusing and somewhat insulting gifts to athletes. Well, we here at Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend are better than that. I'm just kidding. We're not. Not even close. So without further ado, in appreciation for those who have given so much joy to the sports world, I give back, starting with Jets quarterback Aaron Rodgers. This holiday season, I hereby bestow A-Rod a well-earned trophy celebrating him as the MVP of the first three plays of the 2023 season. You probably don't remember how impactful he was during those first three plays, but trust me, for those 94 seconds, Aaron Rodgers was an undeniable gridiron force. Here are the thrilling three. Hand off to Brees Hall, followed by not one, but two incomplete passes. And sure, people see this season as a disappointment, but for that short period of time, his presence was incomparable. And this goes right on the mantle of Aaron's favorite darkness bunker. Enjoy. For Bill Belichick, an all-expense-paid stay at the Wynn Resort. Bill, I know you're chasing Don Shula, so the win is a guaranteed win, and maybe the last win you'll ever see. And while you're at the win, check out David Blaine's magic show. Hopefully he can make this embarrassment of a season disappear. Panthers owner David Tepper gets a crossbody satchel made by coach. This guy can't have enough coaches, so why not buy him one made by the famous luxury fashion house specialist? Leather, sleek, and at $195, not nearly as expensive as the 12 fired coaches he currently has on the payroll. And practical, too. A great place to store all the change he brought in from last week's home game. For Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts, buttock enhancement injections. What better gift to get for the master of the tush push? This ultimately offers the pushers a bigger target and gets Jalen an automatic exemption into the Kardashian family. For Tommy DeVito's agent, a 23andMe ancestry kid. I mean, he seems like an interesting guy, but if you're him, don't you want to find out a little more about your background? If we only knew this guy's heritage, I mean, in this day and age, we're so quick to jump to conclusions, this kit would remove all doubt. Oh, and I'm throwing in a carpal tunnel glove for the wear and tear he's endured making that ethnic hand gesture that no one understands every moment he's awake. Capiche? And finally, for America's sweetheart and number one football fan, Taylor Swift, an extra long lavender accordion room divider to give yourself a well-deserved break from annoying luxury suite mates. Time for Brittany to leave you alone. All right, that's the rager. No gift receipts included. Here is the wager. I, of course, brought a present for you guys, my fans, in the form of a Moneyline Parlay. Nice and easy, hardly a Christmas miracle. Three legs a leaping on this bad boy. Chiefs, Eagles, 49ers, all to win on Christmas Day, and you even get a plus number attached. That's plus 104. And if you're wondering, I'm also betting Blitzen to win the Reindeer Games. He's totally due and is great with a rest advantage. Hey, we've got a great show for you today from CBS Sports, a fountain of football knowledge, former MVP, Boomer Esiason is here. And when we return, his chestnuts are currently roasting in the handicapping hot seat. Our buddy Harry Gagnon will join us to go over all the Week 16 games. That and more on Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend. Stick around. If you're looking for plump lips at last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions or if you are allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all gel fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit www.juvederm.com. All right, welcome back to Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend. Joining me now is my former college roommate, although at times it felt like a cellmate here, to help guide my sleigh of Week 16 NFL picks, our very own Jolly OL, Harry Gagnon is here. What's happening, Harry? What's up, Sal? Let's do some winners here again like last time. Hey, last time I did pretty good, 10-6 and six with a couple two plus 200s. Let's do it again, right? I don't remember that. I don't remember that at all. As far as I'm concerned, this is your first time on. No, Harry, listen, not only that, last time you were a winner, also you were just in Vegas, and you turned down tickets to see you two at the Sphere to do what? Play video poker or something? A uh, little bit of that, but also I uh, I rode the high roller. Me and uh, me and my wife, Angie, we rode the high roller, and we were watching <laughs> the... Uh... We were watching the from right, right outside Jimmy Kimmel Comedy Club. We were watching uh, the sphere go crazy uh, from 550 feet above the ground. Okay, that's the second best way to uh, experience the sphere is to watch from the high roller with your uh, with your beloved. Okay, so let's do this. You're right. We got a lot of games to get to. Let's start us off. Oh my God, so much fun! Two Saturday, a bunch okay. on Sunday, three on Christmas Day. What a bonanza here! Starting with Cincinnati. At Pittsburgh, Cincinnati giving a point and a half. This has jumped all over the place. It was two and a half, now one and a half. Both played last Saturday since he won in overtime, a tough one against Minnesota, and Pittsburgh was terrible, annihilated at Indianapolis, battling for a playoff spot. Both teams, Cincy eight and six, Pittsburgh seven and seven. I am going to buy this. Uh, actually, you know what? I'm going to leave it at one and a half. I was going to buy it. I'm in the spirit of giving, not taking, so I'm going to leave it at one and a half. I might be the last holdout to jump on this uh, Jake Browning bandwagon, Harry, but I think this is a tough spot for the backup on the road versus a desperate team. This is not an endorsement of Mason Rudolph. I promise you it's not. And Browning did win on the road in Jacksonville a few weeks ago. That was in overtime. It's different from going to Pittsburgh third week in December against, like I said, a desperate team. Chase is questionable for Cincinnati. Cincinnati 28th versus the run. Dare I say Najee Harris has a big game. Jalen Warren will kill clock. That kind of game. Grind it out. AFC North battle. I'm taking the points. Looking for a defensive struggle. 17-16. Not giving myself a lot of margin here, but I think the Steelers win. I'm going to take the point and a half. Boy, you know, Sal, I, I like the way Cincinnati rebounded. Just a couple of weeks ago, we thought they might have been dead in the water after Burrow went down, but some resurgence out of the Spengel team. I'm going to take them over 19 and a half points for the game at minus 110. And since losing to Pittsburgh a month ago, you mentioned Jake Browning. And the Bengals have won three in a row and have scored 27 points or more in all three W's. Browning has done a tremendous job replacing Burrow. Uh, he's passed for 275 yards or more in all three games, has a total of seven touchdowns, two rushing. Pittsburgh, not this, usually we, we, we they pride themselves on their defense, but they have given up 21 or more in their last three games. And last year, Cincinnati put 30 on the board in Pittsburgh. I'm taking the Bengals to score over 19 and a half. I have faith in Browning. 
All right. I like the Steelers here. I will say a lot of people, beginning of the year, middle of the year, this point in the year, get mad if you say Tomlin's streak is going to end of being above 500 or not going below 500. But at this point, over eight and a half, Harry, is plus 210. You must not like that for the Steelers. I don't. It's just again, Sal. This team is uh, normally, if they lose, they're close games and they're tight games. This Colt, the Colts game on Saturday was awful. They were they were not that they didn't show up and they gave up thirty what thirty points or something mm-hmm. uh, to a Colts team that that is, is, is hot at themselves. I just don't like the way Pittsburgh's playing right now. And since he's the hot team, all right, certainly they need this game probably to get to over eight and a half. Let's go to the nightcap Saturday. Buffalo, boy, this is jumping around. This was thirteen and a half. I saw it at ten and a half right now as we record. Twelve and a half point favorite over the miserable L.A. Chargers. At SoFi Stadium, Buffalo 8-6, and six, still in ninth place. Chargers in like uh, 47th place. I don't know what they fell to. A miserable, miserable loss. Uh, franchise low against the Raiders last Thursday night. Um, you know, there are trends to attach to both teams, right? If you have a team that blew out a team the week before, as we do with the Bills, we're told to go against that. When we're told a team that loses by 20 or more, and they certainly lost by 20 or more, the Chargers, we're told to jump on that. So I'm going to combine those trends and do the crazy thing here and take the Chargers plus the points. I'm backing the bad team. I'm not basing it on much except for that regression and progression to the mean. Bills will not have over 260 yards rushing. Easton Stick got some pointless reps in versus the Raiders late in the game. He's not going to kill them, uh, not going to kill his own team, I think. Bills still 3-7 and seven against the spread of the last 10. This is a big number to cover this late in the year on the road. 26-20, Bills win, but they don't get that big number covered. It is a big number, Sal, but I am going to take the Bills. Let's Staley got fired. I don't know what the Chargers have left to play for. Buffalo, uh, you know, seems like they have their mojo back after destroying Dak and the rest of the Dallas Cowboys. The Chargers, complete mess, as we know. Uh, Buffalo has scored in 30s in three of the last four games. And Josh Allen, in his last four career Saturday games, is 4-0 straight up. And his Bills have scored 48, 47, 32, and 35 in those games. They've won by an average of three touchdowns over those four games. Bills Mafia takes over L.A., Bills roll the Chargers. What are the, the Saturday? How many of those four Saturday games were was he a quarterback for Wyoming? Are those pro games you're talking about? Pro games, pro games. Okay. Yeah. All right. You I'll trust it. you there. Uh Bills in ninth, uh, as I mentioned, minus 188 to make the playoffs. Is that good value? Look, yeah, I think it's great value, Sal. And I also think, you know, on against all odds, we mentioned, I think plus 220 is great value also for the Bills to still have a chance at winning the division. Miami schedule, mm. obviously they got, we'll talk about it in a little bit, the Dallas game, and then they got ball in Baltimore the week after, and then they play the Bills third uh, last week of the regular season, and the Bills destroyed them in the first game. Right. So it could still be not only just the playoffs, but the Bills have a good shot, really, for the division. Okay. All right. We shall see. Indianapolis at Atlanta. This is in the tic-tac zone. Uh, It was Indianapolis favored by one and a half. Now Indianapolis is getting one and a half. By the time you watch this, it could be a whole different number. Uh, The line flip-flopped, I guess, because Heineke was named starter over Desmond Ritter. Does that move at three points? I'm not sure, but uh, the public is all over Atlanta here. And unfortunately, I think I am as well. I'm actually scared to give the point here, point and a half, because they seem to be losing 12-10 every game, about to attempt a field goal. But I'm doing it anyway. Six and three Atlanta is against the spread in their last nine at home. Heineke could get a clean pocket. Indianapolis 30th in quarterback hurries. Also, 
Atlanta, second best in the league in defensive red zone efficiency. Minshew, I think, struggles a bit. I'll put this at 22-17 Falcons. What you got? Yeah, I'll take that. Like, I mean, <laughs> Heineke in there and the lines move like three points. That's nuts. It's insane. But, you know, I'm going to play this on the safe side. I'm going to do a six-point teaser now that the line is switched here. I'm going to take Indy up to plus seven and a half. Key number here, getting seven and a half. I'm going to go under 50 and a half as well in the game. And Atlanta's head coach, Arthur Smith, is seeing his team season and the NFC South chances slipping away after losing 9-7 to Carolina. The last six losses have been one-score losses, so I'll take the Colts with more than a touchdown here. Falcons games have gone under 50 points in four of the last five. Indy's playing great, um, but it's a team that's under the radar right now, five and one straight up in their last six. And in those six games, five have landed under 50 points as well. So also give me Indy plus the seven and a half, more than a touchdown here and under the 50 and a half on its six point. All right, let's go Atlanta six and eight green Bay also six and eight. They're on the road at Carolina who notched their second win of the season. Green Bay had a rough six days, right? Mm-hmm. They were dumped by Tommy DeVito at MetLife on Monday. And then Sunday they get blitzed at home versus Tampa Bay, but I'm going to take them here minus four and a half. They should have some help returning in the secondary, getting healthy. Panthers last in the league in terms of a pass rush. Good news for Jordan Love, who might be down Christian Watson again. Panthers also 3-10-1 against the spread this year. Feels like a letdown for Carolina, if that's even possible. Um, they score fewer than 15 points a game. I'll give them 19. How, how about that? I'll be generous, and I'm going to give the Packers 27. 27-19 means Green Bay covers. I'm going to, you know what? I don't like the way Green Bay's playing right now, Sal. And yeah, maybe it is a... Uh, you know, after winning that game against Atlanta, maybe Carolina doesn't show up. But I'm going to take a chance with their defense here. I'm going to take the Packers under 20 and a half points for the game at minus 122. And basically, just when the, everyone thought Green Bay was making a run at a wild card berth, berth, they've dropped two in a row. And Carolina, like I mentioned, coming off their best defensive ever season, gave up to seven points to Atlanta and controlled the ball for almost 34 minutes, which never happens with the Carolina team. Uh, they may not win the game and win their third game of the season, but I'm banking again on the Panthers defense to play tough against Green Bay, giving up just uh, and to have Green Bay score under 20 and a half points. Just don't like the way Green Bay's been playing lately right now. And uh, I'm going to go under 20 and a half, take a shot. I will say, I don't know that we'll see it again, but that Bryce Young 93 yard drive um, to end the game there against Atlanta, I think they ended up kicking a field goal, but they could have scored there like the two yard line, 93 yard. Harry, you only saw about 20 of those yards, right? Because you only get red zone. Well, I was in Vegas, remember? So I was watching everything. Oh, that's right. That's right. My, my, that's my excuse. You were watching from that roller coaster on top of the sphere or something. All right. Uh, Green Bay, by the way, three to one to make the playoffs. That'll cut in half if they do beat Carolina. So take a look at that, baby. All right, Houston plus two and a half. I was all over this line, and now it's all over me. 42 and a half versus Cleveland. Houston is home. Flacco uh, pulls out an unlikely win last week versus the Bears. It came down to a Hail Mary that was dropped in the end zone. Uh, Browns at nine wins and four quarterbacks. Houston pulled out a big one at Tennessee. They said, nah, not so fast. You're going to wear our old jerseys. We'll teach you. Um, would that have pissed you off, Harry, if uh, if you were a member of the um, if the Texans? I would have. Of course, you know me. I would, it would really piss me off. I wouldn't have. Yeah, I know. You know, I know. You're all about the wardrobe and then ripping people off. All right. Uh, I'm going to take Houston here, plus the points. 14 sacks defensively in the last three games. I think Flacco's in a little bit of trouble. Browns one five and one last seven on the road. I know I'm betting blind as far as the uh, knowing who the quarterback is for Houston. 20 to 13, they win. Keep the playoff streak, uh, playoff hopes alive. 
um, where the Browns have nine. They don't necessarily need this game. What do you like? Case Keenum, I'm going to – it's a serviceable quarterback here. I'm going to go with the undersell in this game, under 42 and a half. Uh, like I said, serviceable quarterback, but not a guy who's going to put a lot of ton, a ton of points on the board. Three straight games for the Texans have landed under 40 total points in the game. Cleveland has managed just 31 points in their last two road games. I'm going to go under 41 and a half here. All right. It is remarkable that the Browns are on their fourth quarterback and they're minus 750 to make the playoffs. Maybe Stefanski deserves a little consideration for a coach of the year. Let's uh, move to the NFC North, Detroit and Minnesota. These two teams have not played. They play this week and then they play again in week 18. Minnesota is home catching three. The Lions looked great last Saturday against Denver. Did everything right. The Vikings did not look great except for a little bit sometimes against Cincinnati. They lost one in overtime. I'm going to go the home team Vikings plus the points with their playoff backs against the wall. The Vikings are top six in DVOA defensively. Brian Flores really making a difference there. Uh, this game reminds me a little Detroit going to Chicago a couple weeks ago as a three-point favorite, and they got hammered. I think Nick Mullins does just enough to win this game. I'm going to take the three, 26-21. Vikings keep their playoff hopes alive. Well, yeah, it's out. Listen, you know, Detroit, like you mentioned, fantastic against the Broncos. But uh, And this could be a little bit of a letdown for them, so I'm going to do a teaser. I'm going to do a seven-point teaser. Detroit plus four, getting more than a field goal, and over 39.5 points. Eight straight games for Detroit have landed 40 points or more. Golf was great with five touchdowns versus Denver and the Lions. For at least one week, looked like they restored the roar. The Lions have uh, not lost by more than four points to Minnesota in five straight games. You mentioned Mullins. He played well against Cincinnati. He had over 300 yards. He had two touchdowns. Uh, but I think Detroit has just too much firepower here overall. But again, I'm going to take the plus four in the teaser. And in the last three meetings between these two rivals, like I said, I'm taking over the 39 and a half, 52 points or more in those last three meetings. Will you please stop with these seven point teasers? You're not doing anyone a favor. It's a, it's like you're giving somebody like a, a Charleston chew for Christmas. I, I would have that. And I would take Charleston shoes. I know you would. Charleston I know. Shoes, I'll take them. But will your wife take it? You know, I'm going to ask you what you're getting her in the next segment. Uh, but let's get to the Jets and Washington because everyone is waiting with bated breath to see <laughs> who we're taking in this game. How about that? <laughs> Jets, three-point favorite at home. Washington comes to town. This is tough. This is uh, close your eyes and circle aside here. Trash defense versus trashier offense. I'm going to take the three points and the trash defense here. The Jets, aside from a 30-point out-of-nowhere outburst, in the second half versus the Texans. Sorry, Mikey Meatballs. They've scored less than 60 points over the last 30 quarters. If you take that half of the game out, Sam Howell, I guess, is starting. I might rather see Jacoby Brissett. I'm not sure what, what I want at this point, but I think the commies offense breaks out a little. Rowboat Ron takes it 21-19. What you got? Well, you know, I'm going to do a first half wager on this one, Sal. I'm going to take under 19 and a half at minus 120. The Jets are on quarterback like number four this season with Trevor Simeon and got shut out last week. And in fact, the Jets have been shut out two straight first halves and have scored just 17 total points in the first half in the last five games. Speaking of five, the last five games, Washington's lost five straight and have scored 10 or less in the first half of their games in six straight games. Give me under 19. That looks like a huge number for these two teams. Yeah, that's not bad at these outdoor games at 10 a.m., under 19 and a half. It seems like we have a lot of 3 nothing, 7 threes uh, going into yep. the break there. By the way, I hope I don't want to ruin your day, but Aaron Rodgers it says he's not playing for the Jets the rest of the year. What a bummer. I, I, what, what a shocker, too. I mean, uh, that's just for the rest of this year. Next year, he's going to have to take a hot air balloon flying over the Andes mountains for six months and think about it. Then he's going to get back to us. Can I wait there? Talk about himself. Like we, like, uh, like we need oxygen. I think, you know, 
Yeah, right. All right. Let's get some oxygen. We're going to take a quick break, Harry. You could, you know, you could do a few shots of eggnog, whatever you're going to do. And then we're going to be back to finish the week 16 slate. Plus, later on, we've got Boomer Esiason. Does he have a surprise Super Bowl prediction for us? All that and more when Cousin Sal's winning weekend returns. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend. We're still hanging out with a man who leaves out milk and cookies, even when it's not Christmas. Harry Gagnon is here. Harry, all right, the moment of truth. I'm setting the over-under on your wife's Christmas gift at $61.50. As of right now, it's under because I haven't bought anything yet. (laughs) Every two years, same tradition every two years. That's great. What a lucky, lucky lady. All right, listen, maybe if we can run the slate here, you uh, probably still won't buy her anything. But let's see what we could do here. Seattle at Tennessee. The Seahawks are a three-point favorite. 41 and a half is the over-under. Seattle got that big win against Philadelphia Monday night. Now, we still don't know the quarterback situation. We didn't know Seattle's quarterback in situation. Like Adam Schefter told us like eight seconds before kickoff on Monday that it was Drew Locke and not Geno Smith. And we don't know it on the other side either. Will Levis not yet cleared with this ankle injury. We might see Malik Willis. So I'm going to go under 41 and a half total points here. Neither offense inspiring. Seattle had a little over 200 total yards before the last drive uh, Monday night. So really didn't do much. Uh, I know it was an exciting win. Derek Henry on the other side for Tennessee. He's running at about two yards a clip. That was awful last week. Underrated uh, part of that game. 16-12, I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. There you go. 16-12 final. Well, look, look, Seattle had a great emotional win in the in the fog and in the rain. On Monday. Uh, so in this situation, maybe a little letdown when they got to go across country. I'm going to buy this. I'm doing an adjusted line. I'm going to buy this up to three and a half and lay the 146 here. I think the hook on three could really come into play here. Seattle, had, like I said, travel uh, across country here after that Monday win. Uh, Mike Vrabel's team has been playing hard for him down the stretch here. The Titans last three games have been decided by a total of three points by three points or less in those games. That hook can be huge here. I think this is like a 1916 game. Give me the Titans plus a three and a half. So I love that you'll spend 146 on a half a point, but you won't buy your wife like a cashmere scarf or something for $45. All right. You could lose. It, it makes sense, sense, right? Yeah, that's true. All right. Tampa Bay home against Jacksonville. Tampa Bay one and a half point favorite. 43 and a half is the over under. I had the Bucks as my man's best, uh, best friend dog of the week. However, he said, what is it, man's best friend? You've dealt with dogs, Harry, right? Too many of them, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You used to clean up crap for a living, and now you've graduated to this show. What a, what a, what a success story. I don't know what's better. Is. What's better? I don't know. I know. It's not much better. All right. But anyway, I had them against the Packers on Ringer Wise Guys on Sunday. I like what I'm seeing out of Baker. Not afraid to sling it downfield. Good things seem to be happening. Jacksonville, a bit of a mess. Lawrence, another one. Concussion protocol. We don't know what we're going to see in terms of quarterback for Jacksonville. I'm going to take Tampa Bay here. Bucks not great at home against the spread, which is probably why it's one and a half and not three. Uh, I'm going to grab the one and a half here. Baker and Mike Evans going against the 28th ranked pass defense. That's what Jacksonville offers. Bucks take it 26-22. I think you like that score, Harry. 
I do. I like, uh, I'm taking Tampa Bay over 21 and a half at minus 108. Everybody wants to talk about Purdy, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. How about Baker Mayfield? Baker and the Bucks are on fire. Three straight wins. Mayfield 381 last week and four touchdowns versus the Pack in Green Bay. He's got 24 touchdowns and just eight picks in the season. Jacksonville, last three games, all losses, gave up 23 points or more in all of them. Tampa Bay, 63 points the last two weeks combined. Got in the last three weeks. Godwin this past week went for 155 through the air. Two weeks before, White had 102 yards rushing. And three weeks before that, Evans went for 162 in the game. He's had a great season, too. I love Tampa Bay over 21 and a half here, so. Yeah, I like watching them. I don't know why. A month ago, I bet the Saints to win the division. I laid heavily on it. And now it's like, oh, I love watching Baker. I love this team. And I don't know. Uh, it's it's almost a pick them. Tampa slight favorite to win that division. But um, yeah, I gotta go. I gotta stick with my Saints. But I also had the Titans to win the AFC South, and they are um, the only team not in the mix. Which is I had them with the start. And against yeah. odds, I had that. Too. That's right. Yeah. That's right. We both had them. All right. So Chicago is that how you say it? Chicago four and a half point favorite at home. Forty four and a half against Arizona. Uh, cards played tough for San Francisco. Twenty nine points. Bears lost a heartbreaker against the Browns. We talked about that. You think both teams would be trying to lose at this point in the season? For the big draft pick, but they don't play that dumb game of tanking, Harry. This is the NFL. This is a real game. I'm going to take Arizona plus the points here. Kyler Murray has given this offense new life. It's mostly through running the ball along with um, James Conner and Amari DeMercado, but Bears are exciting. I agree. Not a very good team giving that many points when they can't move the ball through the air. It doesn't sit well with me. Cardinals pull off the upset 21-17. What you got? Wow, wow. I'm well, I'm gonna take uh I'm gonna take the Bears to win on the money line and the game to go over 44 and a half south pace plus 175. Chicago is three and two straight up in their last five games. And the two losses, they blew fourth quarter leads on the road in Detroit and last week in Cleveland. They have scored 28 or more in two of the last three games at Soldier Field. The cards have just three wins and are one and seven on the road. Who knows what Arizona does with Kyler Murray moving forward? What he hasn't been impressive so far in this five games since he's been back. Um, they gave up 45 last week to San Francisco. Bears big here and keep their slim playoff hopes alive. Big game out of DJ Moore, who's been fantastic all season. 31-17 Bears. All right, be careful. Cardinals, the unders hitting the last five road games. Uh, that, that that stupid Cardinals game is going to kill the Cowboys. It really is. The mm -hmm. parlor kid and I went over our scenarios. We're like, how are we going to lose this tiebreaker to the Eagles? Sure enough, it comes down to that garbage, garbage Cardinals game with a bad Josh Dobbs beating us. All right, Miami, one and a half. Here's my team. Miami, one and a half against my Cowboys here. Miami is home. I don't know. I just don't know. We, we look uh, like just a bunch of wimps lining up against Buffalo. The good news is, though, for Cowboys fans, so did the Dolphins when they played the Bills. Just out-muscled. I know it was a long time ago now, but just beat up all over the place. Here's the number I want to concentrate on, Harry. 76. 76 degrees projected for Sunday. That's the temperature for Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern. I'm taking Dallas team total over 25. They have something to prove. Maybe they even lose this game, but Miami... But Miami scores fast, so there's going to be plenty of opportunity for the Cowboys to do what they want on offense. Eight of the last 11 games, they've scored over 25 points. I know a lot of those were home, but the road thing won't matter. Big C.D. Lamb game. I'm taking the boys here, 30-24. to 24. I think you like that score. I'll take that, Sal, because I am going to go with the over 51.5 in this one. I sat on AO last week, a total letdown situation for Dallas against Buffalo, and it was. Um, but the Cowboys – 
have scored 33 points or more in six of the last seven games overall. Miami, I think, was very smart in resting Tyreek Hill last week. Uh, I know he's still questionable this week, but I think he's going to play against Dallas. I think he, uh, he's going to be uh, uh, want to play in that one, national television and everything. And Raheem Mostert, been fantastic all season, 20 total touchdowns. And the Dolphins scored 27 or more in four straight games. Uh, this game has the making of a shootout in South Beach, Sal, I think. Should be a good one. Plenty of points here, over 51 and a half. You know a lot of these games are on national television now, right? Like the whole entire nation could well, see everyone's going to be watching that game. Yeah, yeah, and you know what I'm saying. By the way, your whole theory with um, the good broadcasting booths get good games, I think, uh, you know, so Romo and Nance had Cowboys – Bills last week. And of course, Al Michaels and Herb Street had that terrible Chargers Raiders game. I think it was 93 21 between those two games. Wow. So wow. I don't know. Yeah. We haven't seen that in a while. All right. Denver, seven point favorite against New England. We haven't seen that in a while either. But Denver is home. This is also a night game, Sunday night. 34 and a half is the over under. Merry Christmas Eve here. Uh, they couldn't flex this one, huh? <laughs> we were just talking about that last week. I'm going to go New England plus. The points here. Patriots ended up reverting back to their old, their new old form, but Bailey Zappi was 16 for 18 at one point. They hung with Kansas City. Their defense is going to play tough and they're going to pressure Russell Wilson, who took a couple sacks against the Lions last week and was pressured all game. Lots of hurries since the beginning of last season, Harry. The Broncos just three and 11 against the spread when favored. Low total, take the big dog. I'm going to give this game to the Broncos, but a close one, 24 20. What do you have? I hear you, Sal. You know, this is going to be my last teaser of the show, but I'm going to do a oh, teaser here. I, I agree with you. I, I don't like Denver laying that type of number, so I'm going to take it down to minus one and the under 40 and a half in this one. Denver ran into a, a upset Lions team on Saturday, so uh, if you throw that game out, the Denver defense has given up 22 points or less in eight straight, and that run includes games versus Buffalo, Cleveland, Houston, and Kansas City twice. The Pats played tough, like you mentioned, against KC, but managed just 17 points. And New England has just scored more than 20 points just two times all season. They don't want to play on Sunday night in the cold air in Colorado. They don't get 14 points in this one. This one has the making of a 23-10 type of game for Denver. So give me hmm. minus one and a half and under 40 and a half. All right, now we get to Christmas Day. What a what a beautiful thing. They beat up the NBA, Harry. They put three games yep. on Christmas Day. Here we go. Starting with Kansas City and the Raiders. Not a great one. Double-digit favorite the Raiders are. 10 points. Sorry, the Chiefs are a 10-point favorite. 41 and a half is the over-under. No one believes the Raiders are as good or anyone is as good as they played in the 63-21 win over the Chargers last Thursday, Thursday. Meanwhile, the Chiefs buried the Raiders 31-17 the first time. Those two matched up. I'm going to go Kansas City and give this number here. I think they start to peak now. Maybe they're smart about timing, but when they get their act together, Raiders 5-10 and 10 against the spread on the road. And the last six times these two teams played, Harry, Kansas City has scored 30 or more points. It's hard to think that it's going to be any different. I think the receivers somehow learned how to catch this week. 33-20 is my score. I'm laying the 10. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on this one, Sal. I'm going to lay the points here. K Casey is talented enough uh, to cover double digits versus bad teams, but versus good teams that kind of struggle. They gave the Raiders a two-touchdown lead in their first meeting and still beat them by 14. I don't think right. Andy Reid, despite beating New England by 10, was thrilled with his team's performance. Uh, it would oddly make sense that the Raiders score zero versus Minnesota, then 63 versus the Chargers, and then get rolled against Kansas City, right? It just makes sense that way. And mm -hmm. you mentioned KC historically lately just rolled uh, Las Vegas, putting up big numbers every time they play them. So I'm going to lay the points with you. 
All right. Uh, Casey, by the way, if they go three and oh, they run the table rest of the year, they'll hit the over 11 and a half. They'll have 12 wins for the sixth straight year. Do they do it? Do you think even odds is good for that? They have this Raiders game, double digit favorite home for the Bengals and then at the Chargers. Kind of like it. Kind of like it too. Uh, but, you know, maybe it's still, and maybe at that point, it'll mean a little more for the Bengals the next week. We'll see how that plays. Mm. But, uh, all right. And the Bengals kind of have their number a little bit as well. Yeah, that's true. Well, the Joe Burble. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, if you lose to Jake Browning, I think there's a, it's a different story. All right, Philadelphia. Now we're getting in the later afternoon for Christmas Day. 11 and a half point favorite against the Giants. 42 and a half is the over under. This opened at 10, 10 and a half. And then I don't know, people saw something they liked over Philly or they just said, I've had enough. They're going to let loose on this Giants team. Both teams blowing up. Big Dom suspended for the Eagles. We see him eating in the luxury box. Hertz was sick on Monday. Through two bad interceptions. Actually, great plays by the Seattle defender. Love. Uh, very winnable game. They lost the giant savior, Tommy DeVito. Apparently annoyed at all the Italian stuff, even though he does that thing with his hand repeatedly. So I'm not making sense out of that. I can't figure it out. Uh, I'm going to go team total for the Eagles. Over 27 and a half. I think they could even get a defensive touchdown here. They're playing angry. Last three meetings in Philly, the Eagles have outscored the Giants 94 to 33. This is a wake-up call. I don't want to have to worry about a backdoor cover. So I'm going to say over 27 and a half. I think they win 31-16. You like the Eagles as well. I'll take that, Sal. I'll lay the points too. Three straight losses. You know, I think that, you know, three straight losses of Philly. And I think they, like you mentioned, I think they take the frustrations out on the Giants, a team who they usually dominate. Smith and Brown, I think, are going to have big games uh, versus the New York Giants D, who are 24th in the NFL in yards against. And the Giants are just 31st in points scored. Nine times this year, Sal, nine times the Giants have scored 14 points or less. And three straight games in Philly, New York has lost by a grand total of 81 points Philly big here yeah and I'm not going to bet it but as I laid out the Eagles if they run the table minus 270 to win the division over the Cowboys actually if the Cowboys lose and they win too same kind of thing and they have the Giants twice and Arizona not a bad bet I'm not taking it San Francisco five and a half point favorite this is it the Christmas Day miracle of a game 46 and a half the over under Baltimore comes to town uh, I've been singing the 49ers praises. I say they're the only team left anyone should bet at plus 220 to win the Super Bowl. I'm taking a teaser here. I don't know why. I'm afraid to lay the points, but I'm teasing through the zero. I don't care. Getting a half a point and going over 40 and a half. This team, Harry, is now 10 and 0 with nine double digit wins when Trent Williams and Debo Samuel are both healthy and playing. Ravens, good, but have not matched up against a defensive front like this. Harry McCaffrey, MVP or not, I know you're big on McCaffrey. Uh, nothing is getting in their way defensively, I don't think. Brock Purdy, 30 going against the team. It's 31st in quarterback hurries. This is going to be 26-22. I might be giving the Ravens a little too much credit, but a teaser with San Francisco in the over. That's my pick. Well, look, I'm going to help Sam out a little bit. I've got the elf hat on. Uh, and he's Oh, look at that. Told me. He's told me this game's going to go. He's given me already an early Christmas present. This game is going to go under 46 and a half. Under 46 and a half. Hmm. Both the teams have solid, solid defenses, as you know. Baltimore first in points against second in yards against and do a great job running the ball first in the league, which keeps the clock running. San Francisco second in points. Uh, again, mm. well, and third and rushing yards per game. Keep that clock ticking. Tick, tick, tick. Primetime game. Have gone under a ton this year. This one does too. Under 46 and a half. And Santa told me. 
Okay, Harry admitting that he thinks he can talk to Santa. I think this is where we should take a commercial break. We did it. We did it. All right. We uh, just stuffed our audience's stockings with winners, and we learned something very disturbing from Harry. You can follow him on X at AAO Harry. Harry, thanks for being here. Happy holidays. After the break, from a hefty lefty to a legendary lefty, former NFL MVP, Boomer Siason joins us. That's next on Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend. Stick around. All right, welcome back to Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend. Let's bring in our guest, one of the most prolific passers in NFL history, an NFL MVP, an NFL Man of the Year, and most importantly, a member of the Suffolk Sports Hall of Fame. You can catch him every <laughs> Sunday on the NFL on CBS, arguably the greatest blonde former quarterback featured on that panel. Boomer Sison is here. What's happening, Boomer? Hey, Sal, it's great to see you. Thanks for having me on, and thanks for uh, doing your research. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's all right there. People should know this. One thing I didn't know, though, we were talking about the holidays and about quarterbacks buying their linemen and teammates um, uh, extravagant gifts. Derek Carr being the uh, most recent Rolexes, diamond necklaces. Did you get your teammates gifts when you played? Yeah, 100 uh, percent. I bought him shotguns, cowboy boots. I gave uh, Anthony Munoz a brand new Explorer when he uh, retired. <laughs> I can tell you I didn't make nearly as much money as today's guys uh, are making. And if I were, I'd probably give them each a million dollars for Christmas this year. But um, uh, qu quite frankly, the way that everybody's getting paid these days, I think most of the quarterbacks should get some gifts back uh, coming the other way, especially from their left tackles. Does it seem like there are more eight and nine sack games this year than ever Oof. before? Like, or is that just something I've drummed up in my head? You know, I don't know. It feels that way. You know, I've been covering this league for as long as I can remember. But when you have a lot of young quarterbacks playing, uh, they tend to take a lot of sacks because they just don't want to make the mistake. They don't want to throw the interception. And the coaches are probably going into the game saying, it's okay to take a sack. It's okay to punt. I wouldn't be surprised if we totaled up all the sacks thus far this year, if we weren't ahead of our pace from last year, or at least over the last five years. Really does seem that way. Let's talk mm -hmm. about your uh, the current Cincinnati Bengals, um, who have had offensive line issues in the past with uh with Burrow. And now we have Jake Browning in there, pulled off a huge win in overtime. Um, have you thought about how this team has rallied around Jake Browning? Is this surprising you as much as it is most others? I think it is. I, you know, I, I didn't really know that much about Jake. I know he was the backup quarterback going into the last two seasons. Uh, it took him a while to kind of get to the speed of the game and understand the speed of the game, but they also tailored the game plan around him. Uh, and what he did last week against Minnesota on um, on Saturday really showed me something because he wasn't playing that great. And then all of a sudden, the fourth quarter in overtime, he turned it on. And that truly is the mark of a quarterback that is not only competent, but definitely has a future in this league. I don't know how high he can go, but I know one thing right now, he is filling in for Jake uh, Joe Burrow about as well as you can. Yeah. The two longest tenured coaches in the NFL, Belichick, Mike Tomlin, they've had rough seasons. Tomlin could still pull his way out of this. Uh, what do you think they're coaching this year, uh, next year? Do you think either or both or neither end up with their current teams? You know, my sense is that Mike Tomlin will coach the Pittsburgh Steelers if he wants to, and uh, he'll have to probably make some major changes to the offensive side of the coaching staff, and maybe they'll be looking for another quarterback. That, that definitely could be the case. Uh, for Bill Belichick, it feels like there's going to be a, a split here. I mean, it's felt like this, uh, to me at least, uh, probably for about 10 weeks now. And as to where I think he would end up going, 
I would either think Washington with new ownership, Josh Harris there, maybe the Chargers. You know, I could see maybe them going after Bill Belichick to kind of cut through that L.A. kind of fan issue with that they have out there and bring immediate legitimacy to their franchise. The uh, Ravens and 49ers play on Christmas night. And I feel like the 49ers are now going to dip a little because I've been screaming about them to win the Super Bowl at plus 240 <laughs> is the only bet to make. And so now, uh, now we'll see what happens. Who do you like between those two teams? You know, both have top MVP candidates with Lamar Jackson and Brock Purdy. Yeah, yeah. I really like the 49ers. I love watching them play football, especially from an offensive perspective. The defense is good. I don't necessarily know the secondary is as good as it's been in the past. And if you ask me, Brock Purdy is the MVP right now as we sit here with three weeks to go. I think that he and Tua are the two players right now that throw the most catchable balls in the NFL. They have more than enough arm strength. They play on timing. They get rid of the football, and it's always a spiral. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. You talk about catchable balls. I feel like Kadarius Tony um, has an issue with the <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. I don't know what's catchable anymore, but for God's sakes, everybody drops everything on that team. Um, you know, I, so wanted, I got to tell you, Sal, yeah. I got to tell you, okay. Sal, when, when Kadarius was drafted here, his right. first practice, he forgot his shoes. And, you know, <laughs> the Giants should have known that day that there was going to be a problem. And yeah. it took them a while to realize that Kadarius wasn't the player that they thought they were getting in the first round of the draft. So they cut their losses smartly and sent him to Kansas City. For all of us who watch and all of us who analyze, whether you are an ex-player or if you're a guy that just loves football and you watch it every week, we all see what's going on there. I mean, and they're trying to force feed him the ball to get him going. I just don't think he has what it takes really to be a consistent top-end receiver and be worthy of that draft status. So. It's the question of how much more they can put up with. But on the other hand, you're saying he's improved because he's remembering his shoes, at least in Kansas City. Um, <laughs> has to remember how yeah, to catch I guess a ball. He is. Yeah. That's true. That's a good point. That was great. You could follow him on X at 7 Boomer Esiason and see him on the NFL Today on CBS where he gives his FanDuel picks each and every week and hear him on the fan as he engages in verbal battles with boisterous Jets fans from Yonkers calling in from their pickup truck. <laughs> Boomer, thanks so much for being here. All right, Sal. Good job, man. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Stick around for more Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend when we return. All right, we're almost out of time, but before we go, let's spread some more holiday cheer the best way I know how with a same-game parlay. couple games tomorrow, and I'm focused on the Bills and the L.A. Chargers. Yes, that's technically a still team. I like them to rebound. Give me Chargers adjusted to plus 17.5. We're also going to adjust that over to 38.5. Easton Stick, yes, over 210.5 passing yards. And Eckler, over 32.5 adjusted receiving yards. I know it looks terrible, but trust me, it's a good one. My thanks to the great Boomer Esiason and my jolly old pal, Harry Gagnon. Thanks to all of you for watching. And please remember, you may feel like underdogs, but you're all my favorites. Happy handicapping and Merry Christmas to all, even the Eagles fans.